Thank you, Tara. See it. Let's open our Bibles again to 2 Samuel chapter 24. Second Samuel twenty four. Here in this passage, we have the account of David's sin in numbering Israel. I want us to see, I think, five things here. Five things taught from the. I know there's many more things taught from this passage than just five things, but uh, let, let, let's see if we can see five things here this morning. And the first is this. David sinned against God. David sinned against God. And before we can be taught anything, again, we, we must be brought to see our sinful condition. In verse 2 we read, that David had Joab, the, the captain of the host, go through all the tribes of Judah and number the people. He said, number the people that I may know the number thereof. And in verse 3, Joab says this. He said to David, the Lord God add to the people how many soever there be. Why do you delight in this? Why do you do, what does it matter? However many, however many people are here, that, that's what God's determined. That, why this vain show of going through and numbering the people? But David did what his heart desired. In the book of James, we read this, that, that lust, when it, is, when it is conceived, bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished, bringeth forth death. It's believed by many of the old writers that David's purpose in this, his, his reason for numbering the people was that he was resting, not in God, but resting in this old arm of flesh that, that, we, that we drag around. Maybe it was to see uh, what a large army that he ruled over. And then maybe to compare it to the size of the, of the enemy. Do we have enough, do we know, have enough uh, men in our army to win this, win this battle? Maybe, maybe it was to brag about it. Don't we, don't we tend to look at things and, and in our vanity and in our, in our pride? Maybe it was to brag about that number to others. Maybe he was placing his confidence in his army rather than the Lord God who rules and reigns over all things. I think about the back there during the times of the Cold War when, when they would they'd show those armies, you know, going through the city and they would drag all the all those missiles and it was just like a back and forth kind of thing. Who had the biggest who had the biggest army? Maybe that's what was going on here. Listen, it is Almighty God who rules over all things. Huh? He who doeth according to His will, 
his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? Resting in the strength of numbers rather than in the Lord. And David, think about it. Think about David. David David knew some things personally. David knew some things by experience. You know, it, this, this same David that God had used as just a kid to defeat the Philistines. There, back in 1 Samuel 17, I won't, I won't have you turn there, but, but listen, David, David had told that story. He said, uh, he said, while I was tending my father's sheep, he said, uh, while, he said, while I was keeping them, that, that sheep wandered off and there was a, a lion and a bear that took that lamb. And, um, David went after it. David went after that one little lamb and he slew that lion and he, and he slew the bear. And he said, the Lord that delivered me out of the hand of the lion and the bear, he'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Goliath come out every day and he mocked. He mocked the children of Israel. Goliath was a, a giant. I, listen, he was, he was trained to be a man of war from the day he was the day he was born. How can, how can this David, this little David, go out there? And listen, he wasn't even, God's going to use him to deliver, but um, he, he didn't do it with Saul's armor. Huh? He didn't do it with, a, with Saul's sword. He went out there with, with a staff and some, some, some smooth stones gathered up, gathered up out of the creek. Huh? In a sling. And listen, listen to what David said there. I, I tell you what, turn back to, to 1 Samuel 17. Just back a few pages. 1 Samuel 17. David spoke these words. He said, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I'll smite thee, and I'll take thy head from thee, and will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the field, that all the earth may know. What's the earth going to know? That David's a mighty warrior, huh? That David's going to lead a great army. That no, that there is a God in Israel, huh? And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Now think about. How many years had passed since David had stood there and said that? That's what, that's what David knew in the face of the enemy. Yet here in our text, we read that he numbered, he numbered Israel. Trusting, 
trusting the flesh, trusting the strength of numbers more than the strength of God. And, uh, you, you know, it's easy. It's easy to, to kind of stand back and say, how in, the world could, how in the world could David do that? But aren't we, aren't we guilty of, of the same? Huh? How quick are we, how quick are we to fear the things of this world? How, how quickly do we, do we worry and fret about the things of this world rather than trusting the Lord? How often do we take comfort in the things of this world rather than resting in, resting in Him? Resting in his mercy and love. Just looking, looking to him. Let us not trust in the, in the creature more than the, the creator. God who made all things. He delivered his church by one, one, one man. The scriptures declare by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 39, it says, See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Who does all these things? Almighty God. God who is sovereign in all things. And he needs, this may come as a surprise, he needs nothing from man. Nothing. Yet we, we struggle to remember that, don't we? Huh? Just, just, as, just as David did. And when God removed Saul as king, it says he, he raised up David huh, to be the king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Despite all of David's sin, despite all of David's shortcomings, that's what was said of him. David, the son of Jesse, a man after, God said he's a man after my own heart. And he, he's going to fulfill all of God's will. Well, we've heard this said, truly, truly the best of men are still at best just that, aren't we? Men. This same David sinned against God in numbering Israel. In verse 10 of 2 Samuel 24, he he said, I've sinned greatly in that I have done. You know, in, in numbering Israel, he was, he, was, he was, again, looking to himself. He was resting in that arm of flesh. Isn't that, uh, isn't that what works religion is? Huh? Resting, resting and trusting in this, in this flesh? Huh? It's, it's idolatry. Idolatry is, is anything apart from looking to Christ and Christ alone. My friends, we can't be too harsh on David, can we? Huh? All, the scriptures say all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, second, we see 
God's judgment. Hmm? Men talk of men talk of God's love. We see bumper stickers about it. We see billboards about it. And and listen, He is love. He is. But but the scriptures also declare that He's a just God, a just God and a Savior. God is going to He's going to punish sin. Outside of Christ, Almighty God is a consuming fire. In Psalm 7, we read that God is angry with the wicked every day. In the days of Noah, eight souls were saved, and the rest of the earth was destroyed, completely and utterly destroyed. Look in our our text here. Uh, Again, 2 Samuel 24 Look, beginning verse verse 11. David was up in the morning. The word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, David's here, saying, Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I, I offer thee these three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it to thee. So, Dad, uh, so Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come into the land, or wilt thou flee three months? from thine enemies while they pursue thee, or three days pestilence. And David said, let us, let, us fall into the hands of, let us fall into the hands of the Lord. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord. You see, God is going to send judgment for this sin. God's judgment. His judgment upon, listen, not just, not just David in numbering it, but against all of Israel. Huh? Despite the fact that it was David's sin, judgment falls on all of Israel. In fact, if you look back in um, in verse one, you'll read this: the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Huh? Seventy thousand men are going to die in in no more than three days. What do men say about that? Is that fair? Uh, can can God can God do that? Well, old man, who art thou that repliest against Almighty God? Huh? Romans five nineteen says, "For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners." Romans five twelve. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, and death, death. By sin, so death passed upon all men. Why? For all, all have sinned. Here we see the the universal state of all men in sin and transgression. Huh? All listen. All subject to death and destruction. Huh? We all stand guilty before Almighty God, deserving of His judgment. Deserving of of death. The wages of sin is death. Judgment is coming. And I I don't say that in an attempt to to frighten you or or scare you. Huh? I say it because it's the truth. It's the truth from Almighty God's Word. The Scriptures declare that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Almighty God is going to punish sin. 
If anyone doubts that, look at the cross. Look at, look at the cross. Is God, is God true? Men, men ask that question. God truly going to punish him? Look what happened at the cross. Huh? Our Lord said this. The Son of God Himself said this. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you still have 2 Samuel 24? As a result of David's sin, God's judgment falls on all of Israel. Huh? God sends a, a pestilence, a plague, a disease, judgment, judgment for man's sin. Third, repentance. Repentance. Look at, uh, look at verse 10 again. David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. And David said, I've sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant. I have sinned greatly. The thing that, the thing that surprises me about this This is true repent. This is done, listen. He says this before there's any mention of punishment. Huh? David's heart is turned. Huh? His sin is revealed to him. And again, this is prior to this is this is prior to back in verse 3, Joab with no success. He tried to uh he tried to convince David this is wrong. Don't, don't do this. Huh? Joab, he, he said, Thy God add to thy people however many they be. But David would not hear. Huh? He wouldn't listen to his servant's wise counsel. Oh, that, listen, oh, that God would give us ears to hear. Listen, when he's pleased to, to speak to his people through, through the preaching of the word, through his gospel, that he'd give us ears to hear. David in verse 14 says, he says, I'm in a great strait. I am in a great strait. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercies are great. David's not making excuses. He's not falsely proclaiming his innocence. Oh no, I, that was Joab that went out and numbered the people. Not me. No, no. What God does is just and right. He can save me or he can pass me by. Huh? Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercies are great. Hosea 14 verse 9, it says, The ways of the Lord are right. Listen, might we... Might we pray as David, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I, I have done foolishly. You know, Adam, consider when, when Adam, when Adam transgressed, when Adam fell, what did he do? Did he cry for mercy? No. No, listen. Adam said it was, it was the woman 
you gave me. Huh? He blamed Eve. He blamed God. David said, I have sinned greatly. I have done foolishly. David wrote in Psalm 38, 5, he said, My wounds stink and are corrupt for this, because of my foolishness, because of what I have done. Later in our text, David says, look at, look at verse 14. Let us again fall now into the hands of the Lord, for his mercies are great. David's hope, David's hope is in Almighty God's mercy. God whose mercy endureth forever. Huh? The scriptures declare we have a, a merciful and faithful high priest. Paul writing to the Romans, he said, uh, it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. Fourth, the need, the necessity of a sacrifice. Must be a sacrifice. The only way to have peace, pardon, safety from the, from the ruin and destruction deserving by our sin is through the sin, atoning blood, and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in the scriptures, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Look at verse uh, 15, beginning with verse 15, again here in 2 Samuel 24. The Lord sent a pestilence from Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba, 70,000 men. When the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people, It's enough. Stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of a ruin of the Jebusite. And David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people and said, Lo, I've sinned and I've done wickedly with these sheep. What have they done? Let thy hand, I pray thee, be against me and against my father's house. And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go, rear up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. There must be a sacrifice, uh, an offering. David's words in, in verse 17 point to our Savior. They point to the Lord Jesus Christ. David says, let thy hand, I pray thee, be against me. Be against me. Our Lord speaking in John 18, 8. We, we saw this this morning. He said that if therefore you seek me, let these... Let these my sheep go. Let them go their way. This sacrifice. He said build an altar. Rear up an altar. And listen, it's certainly, it's certainly no accident where this, where, this takes, where this takes place, where this altar is built. Mount Moriah. Huh? Second Chronicles 3, verse 1. Turn, to, uh, turn back to Second Chronicles 3. Verse, verse 1 of Second Chronicles 3. 
Solomon, then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor. Of, here it says Ornan the Jebusite, but if you look in your margin, who is that? Aruna the Jebusite. The same, the same place, the same place is where that, where that temple is going to be, is going to be built. It's believed Mount Moriah is where the, the, the temple is built. It's Mount Moriah where Abraham, where he offered up his only son, Isaac, as a, as a, as an offering. Remember that back in Genesis 22? Huh? God told Abraham, take thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, huh? get the end of the land of Moriah and offer upon one of the mountains. Uh, offer him up as a burnt offering there, one of the mountains which I will, which I'll tell thee thereof. It was on that journey that Isaac, Isaac asked his father, he said, behold, the fire and the wood. Where's the, where's the lamb? Abraham's answer, we've got everything we need for the sacrifice, huh? but where is the lamb? Abraham uttered these words, My son, God will provide himself as a lamb for a burnt offering. And you know, no doubt they both, they both believe that. Huh? God, they believe God would provide himself a lamb. We read in, in Genesis 22, so they went. They went both of them together. Abraham believed, Abraham believed God. And it was there on Mount Moriah where that ram, oh, oh, what a joyous sight that ram must have been. Caught there, caught there in the thicket. Abraham took that ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son, in the place of his son. He called the place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Listen, we must have a sacrifice. We must have a substitute. We must have a sin offering. Huh? Back to our text. Back to our text, Second Samuel. David says, Let thy hand, I pray thee, be against me. Again, looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I lay down my life for the sheep. Huh? We read, He bore our sins in his body on the tree. The scriptures declare that that sacrifice in which God made God made Christ to be sin for us. That that great transaction where his where his sheep are made the very righteousness of God in him. And let's not forget the great cost of that of that sacrifice. David told Aaron, he said, "I'll not offer the Lord that which costs me Nothing. Huh? Now salvation. Salvation is by his free and sovereign grace. But it comes at a price. It came, it came at a price. A price that had to be had to be paid. We we sing that song. He paid a debt he he didn't owe. Huh? We owed a debt 
that we could not, could not pay. The cost, what was the cost? God gave his only begotten son. Huh? What, what great love, what great love for his church, for his people. Huh? We can't even enter into the sorrow, the grief, the suffering, and death of his, of his son to give, to give us life. Life to his people. The cost, what was that cost? 1 Peter 1 verse 18. The precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For as much as you know you're not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold and from vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. The Lord Jesus Christ, chosen to be our surety and Savior from before the foundation of the world. The cost, His own precious blood. Like that, like that of the sacrificial lamb. Without spot, without blemish. The blood of the, of the God-man, mediator. Huh? Shed in the place of his, his people, in the room instead of His people. By his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Well, back to, back to our text again here in 2 Samuel 24. Here we see, here we see sin. Huh? We see judgment. We see repentance. We see the sacrifice, the necessity of that sacrifice. Christ who was made sin for us. And we see deliverance. Fifth. The plague. The plague was stayed. Second, second Samuel 24 verse 25. David built there an altar unto the Lord. And offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land. And the plague was stayed. Israel. The plague was stopped. Why? Why? What, what, made, what made the difference? Huh? That altar. That sacrifice. God's mercy. My friends, consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's so much more. He's the, listen, He's the altar. And the sacrifice. The scriptures declare we have an altar. He's our sacrifice. He's our priest. He's our sin offering. He's our hope of eternal redemption. Our Redeemer. No more death in Israel from, the, from that plague. Huh? The scriptures say this. There is therefore now. No condemnation to them that are in Christ. You know, Isaac, Isaac went, went free. That ram that was, was caught in the thicket was offered up in his place. How do God's people go free? How are we set free? Huh? 
By Christ, our sacrifice. By Christ, our substitute. Delivered. Delivered from the wrath to come. Turn with me to, to one, more, one more scripture. Over in the New Testament. Turn to, to 1 Thessalonians. delivered from that from that wrath huh do you have do you have first Thessalonians chapter 1 look at look beginning with verse 9 for they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had unto you how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God verse 10 and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead even Jesus the Lord Jesus Christ which delivered us he he delivered us from the wrath to come back back our text God's anger God's wrath was kindled against Israel huh? because of sin. And we see, we see judgment, we see repentance, and we see the sacrifice, and we see deliverance. Delivered, delivered from the wrath to come. The plague, the plague was stayed. Safe and secure in Him. Eternally. Not by, not by man. Not by the size of the army. But by the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we read this to, to open the service. Who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Distress? Persecution? Famine, nakedness, peril, sword, as it's written. For thy sake we're killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. How's that? Through him who loved us. Huh? For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God for His Word. Let's, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Our God and Father in heaven, we again thank you for this opportunity to look into thy word. Lord, bless us to know the Savior. Lord, bless us to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to rest in him. 
who has delivered us from the wrath to come. Lord, we pray that you would use your word, Lord, to to speak to to dead sinners. Lord, to, to comfort your sheep. Cause us to rest in thee and thee alone. And Lord, to to exalt thy name, to get glory to thy name. Again, we pray you bless us this day. Lord, cause us to, to think on these things and to rest in the Lord Jesus Christ, which in his name we pray and give thee thanks. Amen.